Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Vets Beyond the Uniform. A weekly podcast that focuses on helping veterans successfully find and integrate into new careers after leaving the military service. Listen in as our host and guest experts share key insights on the successful programs helping veterans to enter and thrive in the civilian workforce. For more information after the program, please visit us at VetsBeyondTheUniform.com. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Vets Beyond the Uniform podcast. I am Mally Mancia, and joining me today from Vets Beyond the Uniform, I have Paul Sevalani. On today's show, Paul and I will be talking with Danny Romero, Senior Program Director at Say San Diego. Welcome, everyone. Why, thank you, Mally. Pleasure to be here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Great to have you all. Glad you're here, Danny. Hey, so Danny, I'm going to kick it right off and say, you know, ask you a question, the direct questions. How did you become involved with veterans and the programs that support them? Can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and what made you get into the love and taking care of the veterans? Yeah, um, well, let me let me start out by sharing the fact that, you know, my father is a veteran. He's actually a, a Navy man. Um, his career was back in the Vietnam era. And when I came into the picture, I, I was not a part of that uh, time frame. So kind of understanding the military has always been something that growing up in San Diego, I, I have an appreciation of, but never really had direct connection to. It's always kind of like looking through a, a glass wall. Um, and with regard to you know, finishing my education and coming back to San Diego in 2006, I started working in the nonprofit community. And I was finding that with working in affordable housing or working with uh, workforce-specific uh, programs, I was working with military and veterans, but more on incidental catch. They would either be residing in uh, locations I was working out of or uh, happened to be doing credentialing programs that I was uh, making available. And I was really seeing the work ethic, the drive, the commitment, and I was just, you know, fascinated with, you know, the, the different culture that I would consider the military has. Um, and then fast forward into my grad school, um, and I had an opportunity to connect to the San Diego Military Family Collaborative, which I'm sure we'll go into depth in a little bit. But during that point in time, I, I had an opportunity to see, you know, how selfless organizations come together and really do put the best interests of those who are serving uh, to the top rung of the ladder. So um, had had a chance to meet the collaborative as a participant, kind of stayed in touch, uh, at least with their messages as, as I continued to kind of grow in the field. And uh, about four and a half years ago now, um, there was an opportunity to throw my name in the hat um, with regard to my current role at, say, San Diego, working overseeing their military-connected programs. And, um, you know, was fortunate being selected and found there was so much to learn. Um, and I think that's where, 
you know, understanding the needs of veterans versus active duty, understanding how the spouse may play a role into the family unit and how dependents are affected by military life and veteran life alike is something that, you know, has has been, you know, wonderful to learn, to grow in and, and get a better sense of not only the community around me uh, or around us, uh, but but more so actually kind of better understand my father too because of, of the time that, you know, he spent in the military. Yeah, I probably should have you talk to some of my kids to, to share that information. I spent 20 years in the Navy, so any counseling advice you can provide for us would be greatly appreciated. Um, so I have another question because to, to eliminate any confusion, the San Diego Military Family Collaborative, it's, which is one thing that's really nice, is that you focus on the entire, as you said it, the family unit, um, which is different than a lot of the VSOs that focus strictly on just veterans or support the veterans. So I think that's amazing as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then the second part of that question is, what's the difference between, say, San Diego and SDMFC, the collaborative? How do those tie together and how do they stand apart, if at all? Sure, sure. That's a great question. So I'm actually going to reverse them, if you don't mind. So I'm going to start sure. with, say, San Diego and then to, to make the distinction. So um, say San Diego has been a staple in, in San Diego thus the name um for the last 50 years this is actually their 50th uh anniversary of of providing service to the community and say san diego is all about you know working with individuals with family and the community and surrounding communities in san diego you know if you're if you're new to the area san diego in my opinion is one of the most diverse areas or metropolitans around you find different pocket communities left and right 10-minute drive here, 10-minute drive there, you might be in a very different environment. And that's, that's fascinating to me. Um, so say San Diego in, in 1971 started doing their work with youth, adult, and families and communities. And one of the communities that they were working with um, over time grew to be the military and veteran-connected community. And so, um, you know, now say has grown to be 30-plus programs working with hundreds if not thousands of individuals um i should say hundreds of thousands of individuals it seems like on certain occasions um to get different programs afforded to them and what that may look like might be programs reflective of counseling therapy it may look like after school programs that you may know them as part of the primetime programs in some of the after school power uh, sorry the san diego unified school district um they do different uh you know, populations, as I've mentioned, they have community collaboratives and more. And so it's a really diverse set of programming that they have set up. And so um, what wound up happening is that with my predecessor, about, well, I should say it's now the 11th year. Um, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary at, at the San Diego Military Family Collaborative. But 11 years ago, uh, my colleague, got together with some of the local larger serving um, nonprofit organizations that included groups like Armed Services YMCA, Fleet and Family Support Center, uh, MHA, and more. So and there was a small collection of groups, including the county, uh, county reps came together. And um, following an Armed Services Y um, conference, they thought, well, you know, there's more that we can be doing. And if you've lived in San Diego long enough, you kind of understand that we have something special here. And what that special thing is, is that we have a decent amount, or I should, you know, go out on a limb and say we have a fantastic amount 
of military and veteran serving organizations. But the problem is, who do you actually reach out to? Who do you actually find reputable? Um, and there wasn't really a place or space to address both the active duty side and the veteran side. And so the San Diego Military Family Collaborative was standed up in uh, 2010. It was, once again, from, from six members. And now we, we see upwards of you know, almost 200 organizations on an annual basis have at least one exchange with us. And that might look like attending one of our convenings or going to an action team um, or perhaps checking out one of the workshops that we offer. And so, you know, every year we've been fortunate to grow. And even in this virtual setting, um, as with COVID restrictions right now, a lot of our work is virtual. Um, you know, we've been successful in continually moving the needle forward when it comes to sharing messages in the community about education, services, and more. And so, you know, the biggest difference with SDMFC to, say, San Diego is that the, the San Diego Military Family Collaborative, or SDMFC, um, is not an, a standalone nonprofit, and it's actually considered a program of Say San Diego, and and Say San Diego staff serve as the backbone entity to put together the activities of the collaborative, and so um, yeah, that's hopefully giving you an idea of how they come together. But in terms of the body and the membership of FCMFC, it really takes the community. You know, it takes the village model and just you know puts it on steroids. So. We're fortunate to have a lot of support and backing, and and luckily, Say has been you know very gracious with with having the collaborative hosted by our staff, and and that's how we continue our operations. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, Danny. So why don't you tell me, Danny, how far past San Diego do you guys reach? You know, this is a very timely question. Um, you know, I think with COVID nineteen. Most of our work, I'll just be honest with you, you know, really was encapsulated, encompassed in San Diego. Um, you know, we would from time to time see folks from El Centro or Orange County, you know, also coming into our fold. But for the most part, we were very hyper local. And I think the intention is always to remain really, you know, San Diego based and San Diego um, focused. But with, you know, being in a virtual setting, it's been fascinating to see the footprint of who's joining us and from where. And so I know in the future we'll talk a little bit about some of the, the workshop offerings that we have. But I'm finding that we're seeing folks as far as Washington State connecting, connected to some of our uh, workshops. We're seeing Virginia. Uh, we're seeing Jacksonville, Florida. So we're seeing the span of the continental. And then we're also starting to see some folks overseas. Um, Japan uh, is one one place that the message is resonating to. Um, the uh, Pacific Samoas as well. So it, it's been fascinating to see how you know time and space with technology is you know essentially eradicated. And um, you know we've we've been fortunate to see folks tune in. And a lot of the work that we do, we utilize our social media platforms to be a repository for some of the, the events that we have as we record them. And so to see folks later, you know, watch segments of what we have going on from afar, it's been, been wonderful to see. So one follow-up question I have to that is, are you seeing any specific pay grades or levels of, of people coming in that are, are more inclined to utilize the services of SDMFC? Um, for example, when we talked to Tony Teravan over at um, STEP, 
it was more kind of the junior enlisted types that were, were relying on, on the services that, that, they, that they offered over there. What about your organization? Right. You know, that's, that's been a fascinating uh, adventure as well. Um, you know, and, and why I say that is that I think that I think we can all relate. Folks come from so many different places and spaces that to kind of create a community collaborative, we, we're doing our best to be as inclusive as possible. So, I mean, we see the officer ranks, we see the enlisted side of the house. Um, you know, it's really across the board in terms of folks' lived experience, current or past. Um, you know, we, we'll talk about our transition program shortly. It's not atypical to see um, half of our audience be separatees, perhaps, you know, four years of experience. Um, as well as those career uh, members who have 20 plus years of experience. And so, you know, it's a, it's a pretty rich and diverse um, subsect that we see. And with our convenings, um, you know, we, we happen to bring in military and veteran serving organizations. And a lot of those folks who are representing those wonderful groups, they are veterans. A, a large majority of them have that lived experience and, and do their best to inform the work. So we're not just making up, uh, you know, statistical information in a silo. It, it's based off of the lived experience and and kind of knowing who's the right connection in different accords. And that follow, that's great. And that gives me the next follow on with the question. So you talked about using partners and using organizations that have the military experience that come in to help support and augment your, you know, augment the, the services that you provide. Is your organization kind of made up of military members to well, I mean, I'm talking the, the permanent type uh, members of your organization. Is it, is it a blend? What would you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I'm, I'm assuming this is the safe side of the house that ha- I'll be wearing right now. And I'll talk a little bit about SDMFC as well. So, um, yeah, with, with say San Diego um, and the programs that I see, the military-connected ones, yeah, I would, I would go out on a limb and say that half of the staff I oversee have a lived experience. They're veterans um, and or spouses. Um, you know, there, there happens to be that subsect, too, of a veteran spouse. Um, and the other are civilian. And, and you know, one of the, the members that I've been fortunate to have on my team, he's actually a carbon copy of kind of the dynamic that I experienced growing up, um, you know, in San Diego with, with his father who had uh, his experience, but his career finished prior to my staff member coming into the uh, vicinity. So, you know, I think that there is a, a healthy blend. We oftentimes utilize volunteers and interns as well. Um, some of those interns have lived experience. Some of them are there to learn. And I think that's what is, um, you know, so important about the work is to make sure that we're looking at different perspectives and angles on the programs and, and the information that we're putting out there. And so, you know, in, in San Diego, it's not tough to rub elbows with, you know, or do the six degrees of separation um, to find someone who's military or veteran connected. And, and I think that we are a little bit of a microcosm of how that looks like. Yeah, and you know, like you said, San Diego's got all the veterans around here, primarily Navy and Marines. Um, uh, but I think that that helps to provide the support that you're looking for, that we're looking for to support our veteran community. Um, I I always ask this question because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm just curious: How has COVID nineteen impacted any of the services that you offer? And then maybe we can segue into talking about some of those services. Sure. Um, you know. It, <laughs> I don't think anyone could have predicted where we're 
where we're currently at or where we've been. Um, and, and with that, you know, it's just the adapt and, and, and change the Semper Gumpy kind of model. Um, and, and so when, when things happened almost one year ago, um, where we were was most of our activities were in person and, and that was important for us to establish human connection. Um, it was very relational in nature of having our monthly convenings, bringing in folks, offering them an opportunity to not only get educated, but new contacts, new contacts at different uh, organizations through our networking piece. Um, and, and so, you know, how do you replicate that in an online fashion or forum? At first, you know, it was one of those uh, opportunities is how we had to look at it to re-envision and re-imagine how we, how we conduct our, our business. And so, you know, in time, we've grown to make sure that our, our virtual sessions um, for our convenings are still interactive. We utilize panels, guest speakers. Uh, we do provide networking. It just looks different, you know, as it has been in the past with virtual uh, breakout rooms and opportunities to connect um, or uh, apply their learning in different settings. And so it, it's been one thing to reimagine our convenings, but we also have workshops that we put out into the community. So one of the workshops that we have is is based off of our transition course, uh, which is called Military Transition, the Spouse Edition. Um, so in 2014, we had a really strong contingency of, of uh, SDMFC leadership, um, mainly mainly female leaders, um, come together and say, you know, a lot of information is getting out there for the TAPS program or Transition Assistance Program, but, you know, the spouses aren't exactly always there, and they're a big part of the family's decision-making as to what's the next step for the family. And so uh, what they created was a workshop to bring in a lot of the same speakers who were in the TAPS program and have an opportunity for them to brief uh, spouses on a lot of the content information regarding relocation, health care, um, education, employment, and more. And so, you know, what we tried to establish was warm handoffs, warm contacts from the community. So how we did that in person was – to provide a meal and childcare for a spouse to be able to attend, uh, taking away a lot of the barriers from why they were not able to always attend the on-base programs. And, and what we found during COVID-19 was, okay, well, we now have another barrier. We're not able to come in um, and see everyone on a direct face-to-face -face contact, but we do have the ability to still have the message out there. And so we piloted really quickly um, with regard to our transition workshops, making that virtual experience. It's still a virtual briefing, and it happens twice a quarter. And the best thing about it, Paul, just to be honest with you, is that uh, a lot of times, you know, the Safe San Diego staff's pretty integral in, in helping to create, you know, talking points or content or information about how we share messages in the community. But the best thing about this workshop is that our community partners of who, are who we come to rely on. So we have, you know, representatives come out from uh, TRICARE, um, 
or we have, you know, our VA rep come out and they have their content and know their content and own their content. And so we really haven't missed a beat with regard to that particular workshop offering. And I think, you know, the other, the other main facet that we have uh, working with families is, is our uh, youth family forums, um, which are all about health, wealth, and safety. And so we invite, um, you know, youth who uh, are typically out of Sarah High, and um, they create the content behind forums that are called What I Wish My Parents Knew. And, you know, the title comes from a, a model that was adapted from Poway Unified School District. But, you know, what we're seeing is that youth and, youth and their parents aren't exactly always communicating. And, you know, it's, there's a tendency to hide behind a screen and not necessarily get out of one's room. And so, you know, we understand that there's some issues that are really tough to talk about, but why not create a a forum or a platform where they can share some of that information or learn from one another in a neutral setting. And so while that program wasn't in person, we've taken that virtual as well. The youth have done a fantastic job. Obviously they are the digital age and they know how to be very engaging online. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we have dedicated different workshops to talk about things like digital safety, um, you know, the health and wellness, and that includes like the mental health and wellness, especially during times of COVID. We've talked about distance learning's impact, you know, during the pandemic and, and how that kind of takes a toll on the psyche or the, the mindset of a youth. And so, you know, these are open-ended workshops. These are completely free. You know, there's just a willing, if you have a willingness to learn more about the content information, there's a lot of things that we share on our websites, our newsletters, and um, our social media platforms. So COVID hasn't stopped you at all? No, no. If anything, you know, it gave us time to rethink things. But, um, you know, it was really important for us to continue. And I, I, when, you know, just to, to put a, you know, cap on that, it, it, I, feel, I felt like when the pandemic hit, folks naturally looked to other groups or organizations to kind of figure out, well, what do we do next? And, you know, while a lot of groups were kind of trying to navigate that for themselves, we tried to be there to, once again, to convene um, and to be, you know, a conjoiner of information. And so, you know, through San Diego Military Family Collaborative, we've we've been able to work with the county to put out different information about resources or um or different uh, program offerings. You mentioned STEP and the food distributions that they have, and, and there was a whole, whole host of folks, including you know the, the local San Diego food banks um, and, and others who are stepping up to the plate, but making sure that all other providers were aware because it's not like the need stops, they just got greater. So we needed to be a little bit more connected, and that's where you know some of our messaging and, and forums have helped, in my opinion, uh, make sure that everyone has the same understanding. Thank you, Danny. Um, so just turning it a little bit here, can you tell us about some of the obstacles that you guys have, have, have had to overcome as you have grown as an organization or as a program? Yeah. Um, there's always something, right? There's, uh, there's always something Definitely. That, that happens to be a roadblock. <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, I think, you know, this, this collaborative started very much so grassroots and understanding that, you know, it could move lightly. Um, but as many more groups and organizations started coming into the fold, I think we needed to be strategic about how we conducted business. And so SDMFC incorporates the use of a coordinating council 
And what that looks like, it's almost like a board of directors, but essentially they're community leaders who are advisors um, as to kind of how how to dedicate certain time and, and energies into certain um, program offerings. And so they've been pretty incredible over the last 10 plus years about helping to steer the work of the collaborative. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, how, how SEMFC is taking shape, it, it's one of those things that um, the larger we've gotten, I think it's just been those, um, those community connectors that have just brought along other folks. It's not like our messages have changed um, drastically. It's more so just creating an open door that when someone's ready to walk into it or be a part of it, um, they're welcomed. And we try to provide quality experiences so that they remain with us in whatever form or fashion. And, um, you know, we also understand that member organizations, um, are either participants or participating organizations, or they look for deeper relationships. Um, and what we've created in time is our members, SDMFC member organizations. And we do capacity building and networking trainings with them quarterly, um, just as an opportunity to continue to kind of pay it forward and equip um, our staffs with as much information as possible in terms of uh, being able to conduct our business and, and reach larger audiences. And so I've hopefully answered your question, but I mean, I think it's just making sure that we're consistent in our message and making sure that everyone understands how to get involved because there's literally no wrong door. Yeah, no, definitely. And that does answer our question. So thank you. So, what can we do as a community to help support your organization or how can people get involved? Yeah. Um, you know, just to pick up of where I left the last part on, um, you know, San Diego military family collaborative does not require a secret handshake, although that would be something we need to look into. Um, <laughs> but more so <laughs> with, uh, with STMFC, you know, we're, we're really there to make sure that as many individuals get important information. And so, you know, I've talked about our convenings. So our convening oftentimes will focus on a topic that's impacting the military or veteran connected community. And we bring in subject matter experts or those who are doing work on the boots on the ground um, with regard to the subject matter and for them to share from their perspective what the audience should know about that topic to become educated. And so it's, you know, we see contingencies of government uh, connected individuals, nonprofits. We see service members and their family members from time to time, but it's all about getting tangible information. And so, you know, this, uh, this community is lifted up topics that may have gone unnoticed in other accords. And so, you know, we've dedicated or we're, we're dedicating time this year to touch base on things like finding one's tribe, which is all about kind of, well, how do I create a sense of community, especially when I'm isolated in, in this pandemic and, and that a lot of things are closed down. So bringing out the different groups to talk to what's available out there in the community is one thing that we focused on. We've also touched base on, uh, as I mentioned, some of the, the topics of, um, of distance learning, but we've also talked about some, some really hard-hitting topics, including human trafficking, which in San Diego is a prevalent issue. And especially if you PCS into the area or perhaps you've now retired and you're coming into San Diego and not know about this, you know, it's a real serious problem. Um, and so, you know, the, gris, the, list, the list grows 
on the different types of topics that we're looking at and kind of really examining from all different perspectives. And so, you know, it's there to educate the audience, but not just for that to happen. It's also for them to apply their learning and share it with their organization or their family group. And so, you know, we invite families um, or individuals to our convenings. They happen the fourth Friday of every month from 1,000 to 1,200. Uh, they're virtually uh, in, in fashion right now. And we usually list those credentials on our Facebook page and or our uh, website. Um, with regard to the workshops that we offer, the same kind of setting in terms of how we get the message out there. But, you know, it, we encourage that kind of uh, participation from afar. Um, you know, and now as, as we're seeing the spouse transition courses grow, you know, when we talked about where that message is actually residing. And it's, it's, it's surprising me that, you know, a lot of these groups are, are indicating that transition to them has been a struggle with certain, you know, DOD partners not not necessarily um, being able to um, swiftly move into uh, a virtual setting and space as, you know, there's a lot more restrictions on the DOD side. So, you know, they start their messages with us and we tell them, you know, you really need to get back to, um, you know, that virtual TAPS program or check out this resource or here's a connection that you should talk about on this healthcare question that you may have. Um, and it's making sure that, you know, we're providing more than what they walked in the door with in terms of their knowledge base. And so, um, you know, if, if you want to follow us on our Facebook, Facebook page, you're more than welcome to do so. We also have Instagram. We tweet. I'm not a great Twitter um, handler by any means, but we try to get the message out there however possible. And, um, and always, you know, you mentioned challenges and barriers to kind of operating. I mean, say San Diego has been gracious in helping to support through grant writing, but I mean, we always welcome donations and it, and it is, uh, it is available through say San Diego and, and, and SCMSC itself has a website for that. Um, but it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, when it takes the village model and, you know, grants might be scarce because of things like COVID, you know, donations go then, I mean, the extra mile for us. Great. Thank you so much for sharing all that information. Um, so it looks like we're heading up here at the half hour. And if there's any other information that you want to add in, if not, we can, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, um, I just would like to kind of reiterate that, you know, I know that a large contingency of your audience are, are likely veteran. Um, perhaps they're uh, a veteran and a veteran family extended. Um, but there's also those groups who, you know, might be civilian. And, and I just really would like to emphasize, especially coming in this place and space that, you know, your ability to want to learn and um, your ability to kind of understand that there's different culture um, involved in the military space, that if you can dedicate the time and, and you have a passion behind it, you know, there's no wrong door. This is a very gracious community, and there's so many different groups in San Diego that you would have an opportunity to interface with. So my, my suggestion to all is, you know, you know really, really, I think within a, at least a 10 to 15-minute drive, you'd be surprised how many groups you might be able to intersect with and during times of COVID-19 restrictions, and even not, 
You know, there's so much need that you would you would assume the government, whether it's DOD connected on active duty side or in the veteran space, if it is, you think the VA does everything. I mean, I, I just really want to share that, you know, you would be surprised that a lot of this, you know, goes un, uh, underserved. Um, and so, you know, your ability to make an impact or change or dedicate time to speak with someone, you know, really does matter. So the call to action for everyone would be to please increase your participation, helping to give back to this community. It's a very gracious one. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Danny. And thank you so much for being a guest on today's show. All links and contact information for Say San Diego will be posted in the show description. As always, please feel free to check us out at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com or if you have any questions, we can be reached at training at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. Thank you for tuning in and listening and have a wonderful day, everyone. Danny, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, all. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.